This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. This is episode 17. I'm your girl, Ray Ray. And I'm Breezy. And before we jump into some hockey news-ish kind of pandemic style and our pre-show topics, we have to tell you about our guest for this episode, and it is the Florida Kaniac. And no, we did not fuck that up. Uh, He is a Kaniac fan that happens to live in Florida. Yep. And I actually was confused by it. I was like, Florida Kaniacs. Did the team move to Florida and I just didn't know about it? Like, have I been getting this wrong my entire life, basically? And uh, nope, not wrong. He's just a diehard fan of the Canes who lives in Florida. Right. And we talk about this a little bit in the episode, but a lot of people usually think he's a a Canes fan for the University of Miami that's in Miami. And they're the U and they're they're the Canes. And so there's a lot of confusion there. But we're talking NHL, hockey, Mm -hmm. Canes. (laughs) He just lives in Florida. But uh, we got some really great insight from him on the entire fan base and how devoted they are and what the in-game experience is like there. Because I have never been to uh, a game in Carolina. And you haven't either, right, Breezy? No, I haven't, but I actually, I've, I've been wanting to go because obviously they're getting a lot more attention, you know, with their pre or post-game celebrations that they have, which we will obviously get into, but Mm -hmm. uh, it just seems like a really fun place to go. And not to mention tickets are probably going to be pretty cheap to sit low and who doesn't like sitting low at a hockey game. So, well, I don't like sitting low. You don't like sitting low? No, I could sit low for like one period because it's fun to be up on the glass and be really close, but I can't see the game action and I end up spending most of the time looking at the Jumbotron and I would rather sit up in the 300s to have a better view of the the game. Oh yeah. I prefer like right above glass level where I can like see above the glass because then you're not like, you know, getting the penalty box or the benches in the way, but uh, interesting. Yeah, I like to sit up high and be able to see see how the game is going. I, I like that bird's eye view kind of. Yeah, but, I'd be you curious know. to see who like where people like to sit. Like, I feel yeah. like we would need to do a poll and be like, where do you want to sit? Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be cool to see. Oh yeah, I bet everybody has a very different answer. I mean, a, a sweet obviously like if we could sit and speed in that like perfect 200 level it's the perfect level you can see everything there's no obstruction you know you've got your own box your own bathroom food like that's the life obviously but if you can't if you can't do the sweet life you know there's that but yeah anyway yeah so we talk about a lot of things with rj the florida caniac tune in for that i think i i even get a little heated 
talking about my Blackhawks. <laughs> Not surprising to anybody, but uh, yeah, it's good. We talk hockey, we talk Kings, we talk Canes, and Preds. Uh, Preds. We talk, we liter- I think we talk about almost every team, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, we covered a lot of it. Uh, RJ mm-hmm. has a lot of really good insight on the sport. He really follows it closely. He played professionally and we talk all about that. So stay tuned for that. But uh, let's get into, do we want to do life updates or should we stick with hockey since we're talking hockey right now? Well, I I say let's stick to to the subject of hockey. And one thing that the Canes do very well is their pre-game, which we will get into. Uh, So before we get into that, do you have any pre-game rituals that you want to do, like to do, have to do, anything like that? When I go to a live game, I really like... I like to get there early, not really early, mm-hmm. but if yeah. I can get there for warmies, I love going to watch warmies. And that's when I like to go down on the glass and yeah. like, get up close and, and see everybody moving around and see how they, see if they look hungover or whatever. The players look sharp and ready and can see into their yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so you like, wa- you like watching your team warm up. You don't like watching the opposing team. No, I don't watch the opposing team warm up. I want to know what my boys are up to. And yeah. I like to see the the opening, like the opening, the anthem, the whole experience of the beginning of the game. I, yeah. I love the production value that all of the teams, or at least most of the teams that I've seen put into their video that they play on the Jumbotron and mm-hmm. um, the dramatic music, it just really gets me amped for the game. And I love yeah. having that experience. And every team in the NHL does it so differently. So if I'm going right. to see a new team play, I want to see it and they change it up. And, I, you yeah. know, I love that drama. I think it really gets right. you pumped for the game. But other than yeah. that, no, that's it. I just like to see the, you know, before the puck drops, be in my seat, be in there, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. What about you? Yeah. Uh, kind of the same. I think I, I like sitting right at like the corner, like behind the, the net during warmups, just because they try to hit you in the face of the puck and it's kind of fun. Um, but I do like watching the opposing team warm up just so I could see how they're performing, uh, strategy, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm the same. I like the, the production of it. The Kings have a crazy intro to their games I'm sure you've seen it Mm -hmm. they actually have lights that shoot down and like light up the whole exterior of the glass which is really cool and they have intense music that plays so uh yeah I think that I'm pretty much the same I like to I like to watch puck drop Mm -hmm. my deal and I always have to have a beer in my hand obviously the anthem always makes me a little teary-eyed any 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 time any any game any sport yeah it's got like gives me the chills I don't know it gets me excited and like you could see it in the look of um, I don't know I think I think you could see it in the player's eyes you know everybody just sort of has that moment of woosah to kind of get centered woosah 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 okay like you center (laughs) woosah and then you go fuck some shit up on the ice you know (laughs) Okay, you go from zen to angry. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, right? Isn't that how everybody yeah. does it? Anyway, there's... I, mean, I guess. <laughs> well, there's been some advancements in the playoff, potential pandemic playoff for the NHL mm-hmm. with the yep. hub cities. Or we're getting closer to laying, figuring out where that's going to be, and it looks like it's going to be in Canada. 
which is really cool because uh, this is no offense to Canada at all because I am obviously pro-Canada, but Canada teams seem not to make it to the playoffs very much. At least not to the final round. Yeah, so uh, I think it's really cool, though, to kind of bring it back, and um, I think it's smart. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of room up there and uh, a lot of passion, so I think it'd be good to have one up there and one down here, so. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. it's looking like, I think, you know, as of when we're recording this, at least, so, you know, Mm -hmm. feel free to yell at us on social media if this has changed since we recorded, but it's looking like Toronto and Edmonton are going to be the two. I'm Mm -hmm. really surprised they're not doing Vancouver, Um, but I I can see why, you know, being Canada, whatever, what does it matter? What do we care where they play the games? Because we can't go anyway. Well, fans aren't going to be allowed. Yeah. Isn't Edmonton a little more secluded too? Yeah. 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 I think it's a little more rural. Um, I've never been up there, so I wish I had been like Louise. Hello. I want to go. Yeah. But, uh, I yeah. still think it should have been, I th- I still don't understand why Vegas has gone off the table. I mean, I know that the U.S. has had very increasingly high numbers of COVID-19 in the last like two weeks. And so we're, you know, the country as a whole isn't doing great with curving the, the pandemic spread. And I, I understand mm-hmm. the league's decision to want to go to Canada, but Vegas is closed you know, there's no hotels like we've talked about. It makes kind of sense to, to be there, but, yeah, you know, whatever. So hopefully if this even happens, because what? There was also a report out this week that uh, I think 15 NHL players have yeah. tested positive for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's since phase two of the reopening plan. And I mean, that's not great, but no. I don't know that that's bad but again we have to worry about the health of the players like long term because we just don't know what's going to happen we just don't know the extent of what the virus can really do long term to people right i just think we don't have enough information generally from all the sources of really what the impact is going to be yeah like long term on a person's health you know yeah i mean that's something that i question it's like you know you have a player like austin matthews who's a phenomenal player right and he tested positive and how is he going to how is his career going to be impacted by 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 this and it's kind of scary to think about it's I mean you yeah. don't know and you just gotta hope that they're taking care of themselves and getting the treatment and something comes out that'll give us a little bit more insight on uh what the future looks like for anybody who has been affected by it yeah I mean Look, we all want hockey, obviously, and we love it so much, and we'd love to name a Stanley Cup champion this season. But honestly, if if they need to call the season and not put the players at risk, I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Are, are you fine with that? I feel like we've adjusted through this, like, several months of pandemic, and now yeah. we're sort of, or at least for me, I'm finding a little bit more calm and sort of acceptance yeah. <laughs> of the craziness of what's going on and not feeling you know everything is so out of control we're, we're right. nothing nothing is in our control at, at this point with as far as the pandemic stuff goes and yeah you know it's gonna be what yeah, it's gonna I mean, be yeah exactly and I think sometimes you just have to I don't want to say sacrifice but at kind of a sacrifice like I'd rather not have it than have it 
you know, kind of come back for a couple weeks, just like stuff was open and then now it's being closed again. So I'd rather not have it and make sure everything's, you know, kind of tidied up on where it needs to be and then just hit it kind of hard next when the season would start. Right. Well, it went, well, went, I can't even talk. What's I know. With me? It's okay. I'm I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know. Like, you know, when potentially the regular season would have started in October. Right. Just mm-hmm. say, fuck this season and start over again fresh, maybe even in yeah. October. Yeah. You right. know, I don't even know if that is even possible. Nobody knows. So there's no point to really like hypothesize about what could or could not happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I just want the players to stay safe and everybody obviously in the world to stay safe and healthy as well. But, you know, it's not yep. worth it if, you know, and I think the league and I think the players, um, you know, depending on how this all shakes out in the next couple of weeks, I think mm-hmm. they'll all make the decision that they feel comfortable with. Yep. All we can I do. agree. I agree. That's all we can do. Well, yep. life update. I am, have a new background. I have a new background for those of you who watch us on YouTube. By the way, we are on YouTube. Uh, we post the episodes over the weekend. Uh, you can watch our beautiful faces, but Yeah, I have a new background. I am quarantining. I'm in Maine and I'm on the water and it's freaking beautiful. And I'm so happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I figured we're quarantining anyway. Might as well come come out here and spend some time with my my favorite aunt and her three dogs, which uh, I will anticipate you'll hear them at some point throughout the, <laughs> the time I'm here. But uh, I love it up here. If you've never been to Maine, it's absolutely beautiful, especially along the coast. Maine is a big hockey state. It's actually really surprising that they don't have a professional um, NHL team here because they have an ECHL team, or at least they used to because, you know, I don't know what's happening with the ECHL since the pandemic, but they have the Maine Mariners. And I think at one point they also had the Portland Pirates. And, uh, I've never seen them play though. Uh, they, the Mariners, I think started in 2018 and I wasn't here like visiting in Maine at that time mm-hmm. to see them play. But um, they also have a minor league baseball team here too. But mm-hmm. Maine is a big hockey town. You know, hockey's really big here. And I know some of the colleges are really big feeder schools for some of the NHL players. There's quite a few NHLers who've played at some of the colleges here. Uh, the college teams but yeah I did um, not know that yeah I think I did not know that I was listening to a fellow um hockey podcast and some of the people have talked about playing and Nova Scotia is not far from here Canada's right. yeah. like right here mm-hmm. and you know Boston's two hours away so you know there's a lot of um Massachusetts people New Englanders you know hockey is really popular over here last year when I was here in Maine in the summer <laughs> before we started this so there's a college here and you can go eat there even if you don't go to school right like at the nice like mess hall or whatever the fuck is called the cafeteria and uh, <laughs> it's super cheap and the food is phenomenal and well, we, doesn't Maine have good food in general oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah the food here is really good like lobster clam chowder um, all yeah. the fresh seafood you know uh-huh. clams like oyster like the whole thing but yeah we went there because it's not far from where my aunt lives and we were in the we were in the dining hall eating and it was at the beginning of the 
I think it was at the end of the summer, so the beginning of the school year. And there's all these um, guys that look like they play for, you know, there's like the football team that's starting to show up for practices and stuff. And I'm yeah. looking and I'm like, I think that's the main hockey team. And my aunt's like, how do you know? And I'm like, <laughs> because they're the ones missing teeth. That's definitely oh, the hockey team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So we walked over and I was like, hi, um, are you, are you the hockey team here at the school? And they were mm -hmm. like, yeah, we are. I was like, cool. Tell me about your season. Tell me where you're all yeah. from. And, you know, I told them what I do with my videos and stuff. And this was before, obviously we had the podcast, but yeah. So right. I met like the entire hockey team because they didn't have any teeth, but they were wearing also like CCM hats. And yeah. um, one of them was wearing like a Vegas Golden Knight shirt. And like, you don't wear that unless you're really a hockey fan. So, you know, or like <laughs> a hockey player, but uh, yeah. yeah. So it was really funny. So yeah, that is funny. hockey is all around me, but that's, that's what's update with me. What about you? What's going on in your world? uh nothing new nothing notable at least uh just working and staying healthy i guess you're barbecuing so, like crazy i know i just started a tiktok i, I was, saw i was told tiktok is you know the thing to do if whatever and it's easy to grow on tiktok which i don't think is true because i feel like i've done a lot of research on like how to get your videos like some views and stuff that's uh, not going so hot, but I feel like, and I, I did not use TikTok at all before. So I'm like, how do I even work this thing? Like, I'm like trying to take videos and stop and like, but then I'm like, shoot, well, what if I mess up? So then I realized that you could take videos on your phone, but I take like one second videos and I had to like clip them all together in TikTok, which is the craziest thing. My mind is blown, but you can't have a lot of characters for captions, but Interesting. anyway. I'm way too passionate about this, but <laughs> I'm more interested in in eating your food one day than I am your TikTok. Sorry, <laughs> that's totally fine. But if you want to give my TikTok some views, uh, you can hey girl, make shit on repeat. <laughs> you better make us a goddamn TikTok for House of Hockey. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. But I what's on like... what's on our TikTok? I don't have it. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I, I did. I, I think I have three videos so far, probably more when this when this episode comes out. But I basically just take like our clips because I can't do photos because the photo ones obviously don't get a lot of views because you have to do multiple photos together. Anyway, I'm blabbing. But yes, we do have TikTok. I'm working on it, guys. Give us some views. I think Listen. we're just House of Hockey podcast on there. <laughs> Listen, guys, Breezy's in charge of all the social media stuff because that's like her job in real life outside <laughs> of the podcast. And I do all the video editing and the podcast editing because that's what I do outside of this in my real life. Yeah. Um, so that's how that works. But I didn't know we had a TikTok because like I said, I don't have it. So how would I know? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, that's, thanks that's for setting update. up our TikTok, Breezy. <laughs> Anytime. If anybody has any tips, they want to, you know, kind of walk me through some stuff or whatever, uh, I'll take it. Maine has some hockey, which I didn't really realize because I haven't. I mean, Maine's not on the top priority of my list to figure out if there's hockey there. No offense to Mainers. But if there was a pro team there, mm -hmm. I think it'd be fun. What would you name it? Oh... I mean, you can't go like lobsters. That's dumb. You know, like Maine's known for yeah. the lobster, but you're not going to be like mm -hmm. 
fiery lobsters or something that's stupid yeah i don't know the main well there's the mariners there's the portland pirates yeah lay it on me you said lobsters right yeah lobsters are probably out of it but they're also maine is also known for blueberries yes right what if they're called the blue claws that could be cool i could see a logo i like the blue claws I looked it up too, and corn chowder is also very popular there. Correct. Mm-hmm. The and corn in Maine is very comes good. In, corn comes in what husks? So what if you call them the huskies? Ooh, the also huskies pretty would good. be good. Huskies were pretty. I know there are there is a huskies team, which I believe are in Illinois. You, I yeah, could be wrong. And Yukon, Yukon Huskies, and there's one in yeah. Illinois too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think the blue claws would be cool and then you can get white claw to like sponsor it you know yeah see I'm thinking I've been on a this is day three of an egg fast so I, all I've had are eggs for the last three days so that does what not sound boring don't ask I don't know my cousin and I are on this kick we wanted to try an egg fast and it's I don't recommend it and I love eggs you're literally really just good. eating eggs yeah all day no not all day i mean god i'd probably die but i think you can have a maximum of six eggs a day so okay what else are you eating eggs that's it it's literally all you can eat are six eggs eggs? six eggs and cheese and like a healthy fat so like your your butters your avocado coconut oil stuff like that but it's all you can have and to be honest, oh, you can have coffee and tea and like water. I mean, I drink, you know how much, I yeah. drink over a gallon of water a day. So, but to be honest with you, I haven't had anything to eat today and I'm not even hungry. This egg fast really gets you. Really? Really gets you. Now, what are the Don't health benefits of this and how many days you have to do this? They say anywhere between three and five days. Okay. Uh, we're stopping at three because... I told, I told my cousin today, I was like, I have no energy. I literally feel like I'm in the twilight zone and I'm floating around all these different cooks of eggs. Like there's scrambled eggs floating here and like a hard boiled egg coming up here. I don't recommend it, especially if you love eggs. I personally do. And I want to be able to eat eggs again. Uh, but right now, just the thought of having another egg is, uh, pretty far-fetched that's probably why i'm not hungry right now <laughs> there you go yeah interesting well, anyway, and i now, guess that's a life update but what is it supposed to do for you like uh, like what was my cousin's point? idea oh. uh well i know for sure like uh so if you do like a diet so like uh keto diets and like low carb diets they're also which i follow like a really low carb diet just because my that's just how i have to eat in order for my body to not hate me and be inflamed and all that crap so it's supposed to put you back in like ketosis and it's supposed to help with like your like kind of get you back on track to like whatever move forward but interesting i mean we're fine i'm just good that i'm in a brain fog right now of just eggs i'm like whoa what's going on in the world right now yeah exactly (laughs) all right well uh let's toss it on over to this week's episode Today we have a bit of warmer weather headed our way. He is an ex-hockey player and gives a fan's true perspective of what happens on and off the ice for the Carolina Hurricanes, all the way from the Sunshine State, RJ, the Florida Caniac. Uh, what's, what's going on? How's it going? 
Uh, not much. Uh, it's just very hot down here. Humidity is crazy. It is a typical Florida day in the high 80s, mostly high 90s in many cases, with a chance of rain at about 4 p.m. every single day. I remember that well when I lived in Orlando. Every day at four, between the hours of 4 and 6 p.m., thunderstorms come rolling in. Jeez. Yeah, I had no idea. It, especially in the summertime. So I have to admit, RJ, that when I saw your name, I was like, wait, that's a typo. He's not Florida Caniac. That's the Carolina. He would be a Carolina Caniac. I don't understand. And now after reading, I understand a little bit. But do you want to explain a little <laughs> bit of that? Absolutely. So I was actually born in the state of Florida a long, long time ago. Uh, just outside of Tampa in a small little town called Lakeland. And then throughout my playing career, I actually ended up moving back and forth to a lot. So I played a lot of my juniors over in Toronto for the Junior Marlies at one time. And then somehow I got sent back to Orlando um, because, hey, it was college time and my mom really wanted me to go to college. So I ended up playing for the University of South Florida for their divisional times. And after a knee injury or two there, I had a tryout for my next stage, which was with the Orlando, with the Orlando Seals at the time, if you remember that one. Uh, league only lasted one year. We ended up winning the whole thing, and I tore my knee up again. That was fun. Said no one ever. Um, so I had to stay off and on for a little bit on that. And after about almost a year and a half worth of rehab, uh, then I ended up getting a few small jobs here and there. And the Everblades was one of those teams that called me into it. Um, so I ended up being, doing a lot of work for those guys. And the way how I actually got that start was actually because they had no goalies at the time. So those goalies got called up and I got to fill in for two games for them because they had no one else. Um, and then believe it or not, in the middle of that second game, I did tear my knee one last time and I had to call it a career. So when it comes to that, they were not the team that drafted me, but they were the organization as the Carolina Hurricanes at the time that actually gave me my shot. Um, so that really was really cool about that kind of was the aspect of it. I did do some time over with the Greensboro Monarchs. So I have a lot of affiliations with those guys and some of the youth programs up there in the Raleigh area as well before Shane Willis kind of took over that whole situation. Uh, so there's my North Carolina ties with that. So a lot of moving around back and forth on that. But a lot of my experience with the hockey playing days was actually down here in the Sunshine State itself as crazy as it sounds. And I do have to thank the Hurricanes organization for actually giving me somewhat of a shot to actually uh, be a part of the team. Wow, that's cool. I had no idea. I thought you were just uh, a guy from Florida who loved the Hurricanes. <laughs> you know, I get that a lot, which is kind of funny. And funny you mentioned Florida guy that knows about Hurricanes. Uh, when I talk about hurricanes down here, you could probably take a wild guess what everybody thinks I'm talking about, which is the, the University of Miami hurricanes. Oh, I was like, the weather. Yeah. <laughs> the, weather. <laughs> yeah, the weather is is definitely a big part of it, but the number one answer, if you're playing Family Feud about my life, it's definitely the Miami hurricanes. Uh, you, baby. Actual, my yeah, brother is the, an alumni, so yeah, I should have known that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake, nope. if you're listening. I failed you. <laughs> okay. Uh, you would have failed my mother, too. She's an alumna of, of the U as well, but that's quite all right. Um, but yeah, University of Miami would be the number one affiliation everybody would talk about on that one, followed by the weather itself. Uh, a lot of people thought I'm just a huge meteorologist nerd when I first brought that up, but that's not the case. <laughs> that's funny. Well, there's two teams in Florida. Are you not a fan of either one of them? You're just strictly a, a Hurricanes fan? or can you tell No, uh, Carol, obviously the Hurricanes is my number one priority team. They're the ones that gave my shot. I follow them religiously. I still know a few people that work for the organization. 
on a lower level arena field of it, um, along with some of the minor league programs and the Everblades guys, which they're no longer affiliated with them. It's now Nashville's affiliate as we speak. Um, I still have ties with those guys for sure, but I do a lot of stuff with youth programs down here in Tampa. So the Lightning affiliate and the high school league is kind of a big part of my life right now. I am actually uh, assistant coaching a team I actually started down here, which was George Jenkins High School in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, they didn't have a hockey program until my until my junior year and took some finagling, some petitions, and quite a lot of backup to help me out with that. But that's kind of an all in the past thing. That's a whole different show if you want to get into that. But um, but I'm a big part of that program. I do a lot of things with some stuff on the side over RDV in Orlando. Um, I don't mess around with some other rinks here and there because they're a little bit of a drive. But those are the two closest rinks that have the best um, facilities to do what I like to do. As yeah. far as Florida goes, um, Sunrise, um, I do some small things here and there. Um, I, I do... Uh, work with some of those guys. Ole Jokinen's kind of a big part of it down there as well because he's a retired Florida Panther. Uh, he does his own skating academy out there, and sometimes I'll skate with him here and there uh, with some goalie drills and things like that because he doesn't dab a whole lot into that. Um, he's got obviously more qualified guys to do that, but when I get the chance to do so and they give me the call, of course I'll hit down there before that. Um, as far as fan affiliation goes with that, I'll support the teams. That's really about it. When it comes to Carolina – it's no holds bar. Let's face it out there. And if you go down to sunrise to watch a hurricanes, Florida Panthers game, it's 50, 50 fan base. When you go to Tampa and watch Carolina play against Tampa, it's a 95, five fan base in favor of Tampa. Let's face it. Um, obviously they're a little bit more in the hockey world than that one, Florida down there in sunrise, the market's not that great. It's not a huge affiliation. It's in a bad location. Uh, it just doesn't really attract the hockey people we, we have out there versus Tampa. Nice. Well, I had no idea about I thought, I mean, Sunrise, I think we all kind of know that it's pretty uh, limited hockey world down there. But, uh, yeah, interesting to hear that it's still 50-50 with, uh, with Canes fans. Well, it's kind of hilarious about their with their stuff. Their youth program is by far one of the top five best youth hockey programs in the nation. St. Louis being a top one, Dallas being the second best one. Tampa's kind of a top 10 tier, but believe it or not, Sunrise Florida has one of the best youth hockey programs out there. So they actually market to the youth very, very well and attract a lot of talent to come down there. And a lot of it has to do with a lot of the players that have retired and have settled down in Florida. So you got to keep in mind the type of ties and the type of affiliations they can attract down there. Same thing for St. Louis as another example, because they've had, they have so many people that retire and stay there which is why their youth programs develop so much quicker than any other programs out there. So I will give the Panthers credit for that. Yeah. They've got the, the youth movement happening, but they don't have the current fans. That's an interesting uh, dynamic that they've got going, but I think that's a good, it's, it's fair. It's good. It's good to work on the, the next generation of hockey though. And if that's the way it has to go to build the fan base in those areas that just might might sort of be the the case so why don't you tell us a little bit about I mean a little bit a lot of it about being a, a Canes fan and like Canes hockey I have never been Breezy have you been no I haven't I actually really want to go to a Carolina game I think it'd be really cool the atmosphere looks pretty fun obviously they have their incredible you know rituals after the game so yeah I'd love to hear uh, more about the games all right. So PNC Arena is actually nowhere near downtown Raleigh. It's about a 10 to 15 minute drive away from the downtown area. So 
much like a lot of the locations of the NHL arenas, they don't have a great location when it comes to where they are versus the downtown areas, if that makes any sense. Tampa's right in the middle of downtown. Sunrise is in the middle of Sugarcane Field somewhere else. Who knows where in the world? But other than that, Carolina is about a good 15, 20 minutes ride away from downtown Raleigh, which isn't a bad deal. And they do gain a lot of traffic. And it's right off the highway, which helps out as well. When you actually go up to facility, it's one of the few arenas that has its own parking lot. So you don't have to worry about going to a garage or going to somebody else's property to pay who knows how much for parking at a time. It's just all right there in one big facility. And it shares the same parking lot to NC State's uh, stadium as well. So it's right next door to each other, which is the location of the Winter Classic, uh, not Winter Classic, the Stadium Series next year, assuming everything starts properly with next season, as we all know what's going on out there. Um, Wait, so is there tailgating allowed, like in um, Long Island, when you go to Nassau Coliseum? That was the next part I was going to get into. Tailgating is the number one thing that people do out there. And people show up literally at noon to start tailgating for a 7 p.m. hockey game. It is outrageous. There are there is one main group um, that took over another main group. It's the original group that you guys have probably saw on NBC Sports was called Section 328, where JR was out there and was in the middle of that tailgate. That's that big section. And they took over an entire wing of that parking lot. It's a big, big party. And it's like huge. Uh, there's like four tents set up. There's obviously grilling going on. I mean, it's Carolina. You can't have, you can't have a tailgate at Carolina without Bojangles and barbecue. Let's face it. That's what's out there. Um, so you have all that. And it's just a huge facility. Of course, there's alcohol everywhere. And alcohol galore. And half the people are probably plastered before they even put their tickets in and go into the facilities anyway. Um, if it saves them money, Hey, why not? Right. Um, but the team that, uh, the affiliation that took over that is now called the red eye rowdies, which is the same type of thing. Um, they actually do a little bit better marketing for it and they've actually gained so much traction. So those tailgates are bigger and badder and they're not the only tailgate. It is like going to any football game where you just see tailgate after tailgate, after tailgate, after tailgate. Uh, you rarely see a vehicle that does not have a tailgate set up. It is the biggest thing out there. I mean, it's Carolina. They pioneered tailgating in hockey. Let's face it. Um, and that's, that's the best part about it. And of course, I cannot stress this enough. If you're not barbecuing up there, you're not doing a proper tailgate. Breezy, you'd fit right in. Breezy's oh, a yeah. barbecue maven. Is that the right phrasing? Yeah. I mean, I'm down we'll go for with it. it. It sounds like a, sounds like a great time. I think we got to make our way down there. That's for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a must do. I mean, when you go into the rink after your tailgate's done and of course all the entrances are going in, you're scanning your ticket in and you have your, the eye is like right there in every corner. So you have shops hitting you from left to right. Uh, They just renewed the lease to that place. So now they have an additional five years added to uh, PNC arena. So they con that lease ended in 2024. It will now end in 2029. So anybody that was rumoring that this team was moving to Quebec, you guys can all shut the hell up on that one. They are not going anywhere, and especially with the owner like Tom Dundon out there for sure. Wow, good to know. So what is what's it like being you know uh, at a Canes game? Like how what's the atmosphere like? What what are the fans like? I mean, we obviously said that they've been tailgating for the most part all day. Um, yeah. So are they just, yeah. So are they just like shit faced and don't know what's going on? I mean, or (laughs) I would say paying attention, I would say about 20% of them I run into after a tailgate are totally shit faced. Let's face it like that. (laughs) Now, some of them just have a high tolerance and just keep buying and buying and buying. Uh, Hey, that's on them, whatever. Um, 
but overall it is some of the nicest group of people you run into on a fan base. They don't have, Carolina doesn't really have a true rivalry. Let's face it up there. Unless it's, you know, a, unless it's like the Ranger fans, I would say the rival, not that really the team a whole lot, the fans, because uh, there's a lot of Ranger fans, a lot of Pittsburgh fans, a lot of Boston fans that live in the area. Let's face it, much like Florida, it's, it's a good place to retire. So you get a lot of outside fan bases that, that kind of flaunt those games a lot. Um, I would include the Islanders as well. Sorry, Islander fans. I'm not, a, I would, I would deal with a Rangers fan more than Islander fans. So sorry guys on that one. Um, but with that Don't said, apologize <laughs> ever. Own your shit. Own your shit. Own your team. Own your fandom. <laughs> own it. We can Fair all enough, chirp so. each other. You're not saying anything negative. Own it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right. No problem. Fuck you Islanders. There you go. <laughs> anyway, there um, you go. <laughs> So anyway, what I was getting to is let's take all that out of the side, okay, and just go and focus on the game itself. Well, first off, they just spent $4 million on a brand-new jumbo trying to go from blue line to blue line. So it's just it's the same size as Amelie Arena's in Tampa. However, it's a little bit wider when it comes from sidewall to sidewall. It's a little bit wider on that aspect. So the viewing from the Jumbotron side, much, much nicer than the old-school style, which was just like watching a little itty-bitty 42-inch TV up on the screen. Not anymore. They actually look – it looks beautiful up there. And it was a much needed upgrade for that, for that facility overall. And they are in line to do a bunch of other upgrades. They just got done with the Jumbotron. And prior to that, they got done with all the player facility part of it. So the locker rooms got an upgrade. The training room got an upgrade. They now added a player lounge area now where they could do whatever they want in there, um, where if they want to sit there and chill out and play some ping pong or some arcade games, or some air hockey, and just chill and lounge around, they added a whole new uh, uh, part of that facility for them on that one as well um they redid their olympia which a lot of people call zambonis but they call it olympia whatever um wait I, why I play, yeah you're saying know. a zamboni I, is called an olympia yes they call it pnc calls it an olympia i don't know why i call it a zamboni i don't get the reason behind it it makes no sense to me but when everybody, when you go around and you deal with the marketing people or promotions people say, hey, do you want to ride the Olympia during the period, in the middle of periods and watch them clean up the ice? I'm like, you mean the Zamboni? No, we call it Olympia. I'm like, no, it's a Zamboni. What's the music? What's the, cha- or is there chanting going on? Or are they there saying is. So, like... All right. I can, okay. So we have Mike Whiting, who is the biggest ambassador to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, his boss is actually Eric Cole now. Um, which is a former player, as you know. Um, but he's an awesome dude, one of my favorite people I run into all the time, nicest guy you'll ever meet. You guys should go up and shake his hand. He's always working with the kids a lot and getting them involved in the game, at the game, doing drawings and colorings and things like that, you know, stuff kids will do at a daycare. Anyway, he has this giant horn, and he just, you know, and then everybody goes, let's go, Canes, every single five minutes on the tee every time. Um, another chant that goes on all the time uh, is when the other team, the opposing team gets a penalty, we chant cheaters never win, which is a huge phrase that goes on out there. And then it kind of gets into the hype music and things like that. For those wondering if there are a lot of country music that goes on in the games, no, and I'm so glad. Um, it's just a lot of lot of normal stuff you would hear in an arena, a lot of hype up music and things like that. The same stuff you see on a Jumbotron and every arena is out there as well. What's your goal scoring song? Uh, it, it is, uh, Petey Pablo's, uh, North Carolina song. Come I on, forgot the actual... up, take your shirt off. Yeah, that's the one. Your head, spin it like a helicopter. That was uh, my jam in college. Yeah. 
like uh, it, end of high school probably yeah so there That's was a, a good birdie. one it's a pretty good one however if you look at a lot of youtube rings on that one they lower in the lower 20s i don't know why that is but i think it's one of the better ones um uh, but what how they got that song was the team did a voting on five different songs on where you could pick the goal song i don't remember all five of them but i distinctly remember three of them pd pablo the brass bonanza as a remix which is the old whalers one as we all know and a, a song from Muse, which was actually pretty catchy. And I voted for that one because I think I thought it would have went really well with like a bunch of Hayes or O's and Let's Go Canes type stuff. It would have really went well with that. But everybody wanted the P.D. Pablo one because it was actually tied to North Carolina some sort of way. So it made a lot of sense to do that. Uh, yeah, duh. I support that. <laughs> I would have voted for yeah. that. But I'm, um, I'm always here for a cheesy um, like analogy <laughs> or, or something that just makes sense. But can we talk about the bunch of jerks and Justin Williams and the whole storm surge post game winning ice celebration? And uh, what do you think about that as a fan? And uh, then tell us if you do like it, what was your favorite? Okay. I will, I will get into the very big, I'll get the elephant in the room out of the way. Yeah. For I mean, we all know that, what was said by what right. Don Cherry, right? Right. So right, right. Not, we don't need yeah. to talk about him. We understand that, right. but do you like this sort of thing that the players do or not? Well, you need it. Well, first off, you need to watch my episode five of last season about how I talked about John Cherry and how much of a jerk he really is on that. Second of all, when for those that don't like the storm surges, I'm going to knock this out of the way. You are old. You need to stop what you're doing. You need to respect the game the way it is and shut the hell up. The storm surge is awesome, and it's what hockey needs today in today's society. With that said, um, I love it, obviously. I enjoy everything about it. It was actually an idea brought up by both Williams and Brenda Moore. For those that are wondering on it, I would say it was more Williams wanting to do it than Brenda Moore, and Brenda Moore just flat out went with it and said okay uh just remember we have playoffs coming up and if we make the playoffs don't be doing that because it's all about keeping your energy going and everything like that so i, I understood why they didn't do it in the playoffs um as far as um my favorite storm surge of all time uh there's quite a few of them there's the limbo there's the w domino effect that was shaped as the w there was the bowling one uh there was a Svechnikov sliding into the goal but my absolute, and there's the NBA one, and then there's the um, the Duck Hunt one, which is a lot of fan favorites. But the one that got a lot of people's attention that I wish they repeated was the Thor stick down that uh, Brock McDinn did at the middle with everybody around him. That was the, by far the most favorite one of all time. Um, and I just, who's the, I, I, who's, I would, the, like, who's the wrestler they had come out? Mike Tyson? No. You're talking about, oh, Evander Holyfield, the boxing Holyfield. one. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah, he's he's a ear and a, he's a he's a half an ear short away from a full ear, and um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, that was pretty I, funny. I, Breezy, what was your opinion on the surges? I thought they were. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a unique thing for the Canes. I don't think that every team has to do that, but I'm sure every team could find their own sort of thing that matches with their fan base. I think that's where it really resonates. And I do agree with the not doing that in playoffs. I do think the playoffs are you know, this very traditional, serious, intense sort of like thing that happens and everybody respects it a lot i think and i i agree with that part of it but i thought it was fun breezy what did you yeah. did you like no. it or were you anti 
No, I'm all for it. I think anything that kind of gets the fans involved um, and also team bonding too. Like there's just something about it. You know, it, it, the atmosphere that's in there has to be absolutely on fire when, when they're doing it. So I like it. I enjoy seeing the highlights come through. I always wonder what kind of craziness they're, they're doing this time. I have to agree. The Thor one was definitely my favorite. Um, I just think it was, it was so cool. So I, I'm a fan. I don't know if I think other teams should do it. I think, yeah. you know, the Canes kind of own this. I think other teams can do something similar, but I mean, you can't like you, can't you would, the... you would never see this like in, in New York at a, at a Rangers game. No. Like New Yorkers no. would be like, what the fuck is this shit? You yeah. know, <laughs> they would be like, this there is will why be we're here. thrown on the ice all the way through. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and like, it would be a disaster, it, especially if Tortorella still coached there. It would not fly period. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So, um, and just uh, like, no, funny thing of, just like in Philly, like you wouldn't see this in Philly because Philly has gritty and gritty is the perfect thing for that fan base, for the fan experience, for that entire organization. Like each team has its own thing. And I support this for Carolina. The Storm Surgers, I believe, is an absolute perfect fit for this organization. Um, this team for the past since 2011, I would say, after the All-Star uh, year that Carolina had. It has been a complete downfall of fan base attraction and everything like that. And of course, the ownership just kind of gave up and Rutherford wrote some of the worst contracts you could possibly imagine that we have finally, as an organization, gotten out of, the, out of those. Um, that Eric Stahl contract was just a nightmare. And I would even say the Alexander Semin contract, they are still paying for for two more years. That's how bad that contract is. Yeah, 4.5 mil on the hit just every year until that gets freed oh. up. It's awesome. Anyway, um, Storm Surge is a perfect fit for this organization. It's definitely attracting the kids, uh, which is a big piece of it. You're attracting your younger fan base, um, and you're attracting more people that have no idea about hockey whatsoever and a state that is not well-known for the sport itself. So you, if you could do whatever you can to attract that, I'm all for it, absolutely. I don't care how ridiculous it looks. If it gets butts in the seats, I'm putting my money in, that's for dang sure. Now, to touch base on the mascot. Stormy is one of very few mascots that actually has a girlfriend mascot, for those that don't know. You don't see him a whole lot on TV, but her name is Caroline. She wears a really weird skirt with a white top, <laughs> and it's also a pig. Um, so what? there are Yes, there are two mascots in Carolina that not many people know about. Uh, is so Stormy, Stormy is, also a pig? Yes, Stormy is a pig. Oh, um, okay. And the reason for the pig is for the barbecue ties is what Got everybody it. thinks. But it's actually because um, the facility that it is brought upon was an was an original pig farm, so that was kind of the that was kind of the main tie around it and everything like that. And, and there's a third mascot technically during Whalers Night. Pucky the whale does show up during Whalers Night, so they always bring him out of the closet sometimes. Wow, that's. Uh... That's I'm starting to I'm starting to like this Carolina Hurricanes uh, dynamic of for fans and in-game experience. I respect this. You guys are really devoted to it. Well, let's talk a little bit about playoff hockey since we were kind of on the the whole storm surge and whatnot. Um, sure. It looks like the the Canes would be matched up with 
the Rangers, if if I read that correctly, which yep. they have pretty much the same amount of, of stats. I mean, they're they're kind of neck and neck. I mean, how do you think that they're going? The Canes are going to, you know, play up against them. You just you just got Joel Edmondson from the St. Louis Blues right when the season started. So you add it to your blue line. You have Justin Williams back, who brought the Cup to the Canes the for the first time. He has two more under his belt with the Canes. How do you feel with that kind of leadership and just knowing that you have so much, you know, kind of, what's the word I'm trying to go for? Experience, maybe? How do you feel that they're going to perform in, in this playoff format? Do I like this matchup against the Rangers? Absolutely not, really. Um, this is a team that the Carolina Hurricanes have struggled against uh, when it comes to, I wouldn't say defense or offense, just actually putting pucks in the net. And that's the key of this series is going to be the goaltending. Henrik Lundqvist is one hell of a goaltender. We all know it, Hall of Fame numbers all the way through, despite the lack of a Stanley Cup, even though he's got a few gold medals under his belt. I believe one or two, if I'm not mistaken, on that one. With that said, Morazic or Reimer, whoever will be playing in net for this team, has got to step up like they did last season when they made that huge – well, mostly Morazic because he was with the team last season. It was McElhaney as the backup last year. But Reimer has to be ready to go if Morazic can't go or vice versa, however that's going to work out all the way through. Um, so goaltending is going to be the main key piece of it. I think this team – I think Carolina's going to be set on defense because not only do they have Joel Edmondson, they have uh, Jacob Slavin, which is the most underrated player of all time, and winner of the accuracy contest, which, let's face it, nobody in the league expected Jacob Slavin to win a single all-star skills competition, let alone be there. But I was expecting Ajo to be there or anybody else to be there, let's face it. Um, and I was very happy that it was the well-underrated Jacob Slavin, which, after everything is said and done, will no longer be underrated. They also have another key defenseman coming back, which I'm looking forward to seeing um, as well. And that is the man from the New Jersey Devils himself. Um, so that is a big, big uh, key piece there. Um, why is the name escaping me? I have no idea. Uh, they just picked them up. And we also have Shea from the New York Rangers as well, which is another defensive pickup that this team got from right. those very same New York Rangers. So you're also going to get somebody the that, they're, they're playing. So Exactly. He's going to know the organization left, right. He's going to know what makes them tick what works here and what works there. So you're going to definitely take advantage of that. When it comes to bench play, there's going to be a lot of mix-ups going on there. I know from uh, from my experience and from what I've seen on the benches, Brenda Moore is going to mix those lines up until he finds a line that works, especially in those first two games. You're going to see a lot of changes here and there. You're not going to see Ajo and Taylor Teravainen on the same line all the time. They're going to have a different partner with them, whether it's Williams, whether it's Festnikov coming around throughout whether it's Jordan Stahl moving around with Carolina, it's going to be a huge mix-up out there. And they have Vincent Trocek, so keep that in mind. That's a huge piece that they added as well before the trade deadline. Although he had a not-so-great season with Florida during this year, I think that's a bigger pickup than expected, and I think he's gelled much better with this team at a lot faster pace than he did with Florida for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's going to come to uh, the goaltending, I feel. Um, I think the defense is – I'm going to say defense is going to be in favor of Carolina. Offense is going to be a slight edge to the New York Rangers. Um, so I think when it comes down to all that, it's going to come down the goaltending. If you want to put an advantage out there, let's say maybe Carolina. Yeah, definitely fair. I, I think I have to agree with you. I think that uh, the Canes are pretty strong on the defensive line. So I think uh, I think the goalie is going to be the uh, the killer right there. Got to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Without goaltending, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's, do you, do you even think this is going to happen? Like, do you even really think they'll play? 
I'm still a little on the fence that we'll actually see this. I think it's going to depend on the chosen city when it comes down to it. If I had to put a betting play on it, I would say Vegas and Toronto, but I would also give an outside edge to Edmonton for one simple reason. They have no cases and they have so many hockey facilities uh, to handle that. The only question is, do they have enough hotel accommodations to handle all that? going on going forward on that one i was having a conversation with some friends the other day and they were saying that they were placed bets that toronto would win the cup this year just because it would be the most toronto thing to do to win in the like most ass backwards season that like doesn't technically count because they didn't play a full year and like that would be toronto and like then people could still give them shit for not actually winning in a regular season <laughs> I Sorry, think Breezy. Shit- I know you're a Leafs fan, but I mean, <laughs> come on, you've got to admit that's like the worst. The worst thing already happened to Toronto. The Raptors won a championship more more recently than they did. That's what it comes down to. So Toronto has to win regardless, just so they don't look like they have to be the stepchild of the city. I know. I'm not shitting on Toronto. I just thought that was funny, but I'm sure Toronto fans don't find that funny, right, Breezy? No, they they probably don't. <laughs> Breezy. No. No, it's not. Plus, like, you gotta figure, you you wouldn't be able to have a parade. I mean, come on. It just, right. That just stings. But that would be, like, the most Maple Leaf thing to do. Um, no comment there. No comment there. <laughs> I mean, you know, to me, the best team win. How about that? Um, Speaking of... <laughs> What? We got to do a prediction. I mean, who? Yeah. Do, I mean, obviously, we're not going to hold anybody accountable here. But I mean, if you had a place, you don't even have to place a bet. Like, who do you honestly think would make it to the Stanley Cup final, and who do you think would win? I would give it to teams with the younger legs all the way through. Because if you have, let's face it, Pittsburgh, I would say not going. That's the number one team I think is going to go down along with Washington. Believe it or not because they both are some of the older teams in the league. So when you have a long layoff like this and you're trying to get yourself back going, it's harder as an older player to really get those legs back up and going and be in the proper shape. It takes a lot longer time to do that. And with that said, I don't see those two teams going, period, because of that alone. If I'm a betting person, Tampa would be a big one to possibly do this if they could get past Columbus this time around. Uh, With that said, um, and not get swept in the first round after the seeding goes, Um, But I think that it determines on the seating on the top four because there could be favorable matchups for some teams, whoever moves up and moves back and things like that. If the matchup's in favor of Tampa, I would say Tampa would actually have a a very good chance of winning the East because of the talent level they have and um, the young young, um, player, player roster that they do have. Followed very closely by Boston because, let's face it, Boston's a machine no matter what happens. As long as Brad Marchand doesn't lick everybody half to death and doesn't look like an idiot. Oh, wait, he does it every time. Um, as long as, you know, that team just stays square and their goaltending stays the way it's been, I wouldn't count Boston out entirely either. Uh, when it comes to the West, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a little bit of a monkey wrench out there. I'm going to give it to Vegas. Um, why not? That's a well-coached team, um, even though they changed coaches to somebody else. I'm not more of a fan of, but I'm okay with that change because it was kind of a needed change, but wasn't necessary, if that makes any sense. Um, I guess it just it was one of those, like, light us fire up their ass type hires, and that's yeah. exactly what this team did. So 
I would kind of give an edge to Vegas, um, and I'll give a dark horse out there on the West. Um, Edmonton, I'm going to throw it out there. You Young think team? the Blackhawks are going to lose to Edmonton in the first round? Yep. I don't. All right. I, I, well, let me explain, please. Let me explain. I'm Go not ahead. saying it's going to be. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but for for Chicago, I'm not sold on how that lineup's going to be because if if Chicago keeps Taze and Kane on the same line throughout the entire playoffs, they'll win, right? But no, if they, they won't. No, why? No. I think they will. That's the biggest because downfall the team has had all season. They will not play Kane and Taze on the same line, and that's why they've had the shittiest fucking record ever. Because you're you're top leveling your lines. You need four lines to win this time in this year in, in today's NHL. Yeah, I'm but not a if you you got to it's about winning each game. Who cares? Run each them into the game, ground. We yes. pay them a shit ton of money. They should be playing on the same goddamn line, and we should be trying to get into the Stanley Cup playoff, the finals. Period. The end. Okay. They are not coaching that team correctly, in my opinion. I'm a Blackhawks fan. Okay. If you didn't know, I, I wonder what gave it away with your original six background there. But anyway. Um, <laughs> And wait, Chicago's on the bottom of that list. I don't know why. But anyway. I know, um, but like, <laughs> if they do, they're not being coached correctly, period. Even if you split your, up, and, if you split up Kane and, and Tay is fine, but like the other lines are not merged and not working well at all. Um, but Edmonton has, Edmonton has four lines? You're going to say they, they have, have the yeah. depth? I don't think no, so. No, I'm not saying, no, 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 no. And that's not what I'm saying. Chicago needs to separate simply because you have an even playing ground. Keep Taze and Kane as your power play lineup for sure and as your emergency line if you need to make a run. Like I said, teach their own that one. That's your opinion versus mine. That's all fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not mad like, at you. I, I just get a little I, I, heated. It's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, but I'm, I, I'm just a firm believer of having four equal lines. And if you can make your lines equal, you're good to go on that one. Edmonton, I will give you that. They don't have four lines. They have two and a half. Maybe. Flat out, but they have they have McJesus on that team, and they have Drysada, who has completely come out of nowhere to be an amazing player. You don't have to; keep, those guys do not have to play together, period, to make to make any traction whatsoever. So, if I had to pick a dark horse, I unfortunately I'm going to go with Edmonton. I don't like that pick, but if I had to pick a dark horse, I'm going to go with it. I just I'm not completely sold on Chicago just yet. If Chicago maybe had that one extra defensive player that wasn't hurt. Yeah. Like Calvin DeHaan, sorry, he's an ex-Kane, and I know how injury-prone he can be. If mm -hmm. Calvin DeHaan is fully healthy, maybe I will switch that around. If he can right. play if a we had series, Seabrook, if Seabrook hadn't been out right. with his 50 million surgeries, it could, yeah, it's, yeah, they're definitely, you know, teetering. Right. I would like Breezy to offer her thoughts, and then I would like RJ to offer his uh, thoughts on her opinions based on, uh, Breezy is a fan of three teams, Kings, Leafs, and Preds, and two of her three, just because of odds, are in this <laughs> playoff, because she right. has more teams she's a fan of, that's all I mean. Uh, so Breezy, what do you think, uh, where do you think your your Leafs and your Preds will be? And then our, RJ uh, react to her predictions. Um. Gosh, it's so tough, and I feel like the season has – it was so distant at this time that, like, I almost kind of forgot everything that had happened. Um, I think the the Leafs are still they, – they still need some help. I think that they could potentially move on to the next round. The Preds, 
they're struggling, their lack of chemistry. I mean, Roman Yossi can't carry the entire team throughout the entire playoffs. Although I would like it, the team seems like they're they're getting ready and they're excited to play together again. Uh, I just think that they're still lacking uh, somewhere. I think they need some more chemistry, and I've always spoken on chemistry, which I know is a huge no-no to probably do. But um, I, I kind of just say what it is. I say how I'm feeling. So I really it, – it's tough to say there's so many good teams that are up there right now and unexpected good teams. I mean, the Canucks are doing really well. The Coyotes are doing really well. I think that they have a better chance than both the Preds and the Leafs, unfortunately. Um, and, and like RJ said, you got to have young legs, and those are the two teams that have the young legs, and I think that they're going to do really well. And unfortunately, uh, although the Leafs have some young legs, um, they're, they're still struggling. I think that they, they need a little bit more leadership going on there. And, you know, big fan of, of JT and, and the whole, you know, line that's going on there. But, um, yeah, it's a tough call. And, and I think that we're going to have some unexpected teams make a really solid run. And I think someone, someone unexpectedly is going to win it this year. Toronto, I feel, needs to make a deep playoff run this year, no matter what. I don't care how short this season is. I don't care what's going on um, with the situation at hand and how this is playing out. If Toronto can't make a deep run, that team will be blown up by the end of the season somehow, some weird way. You have three guys, I think three or four guys, that make up literally half your salary cap. Half, which is insane to believe. You cannot make a team around that. You have great scoring. But you have no depth after that, nothing. No defense, no goaltending, nothing. You have a bunch of scrubs out there playing with their teachers. That's what I have. That's what I see out there. That's exactly what I see out there. Um, so if they can't get past Columbus, which is actually a shockingly crazy good team, mm-hmm. well-coached with nobody who anybody knows a single name on there on, except maybe Seth Jones, that's about it. And I would Elvis, be scared of that situation. They're goalie. We'll go with that, I guess. But I mean, um, <laughs> and Cam Atkinson, he's a two-time All-Star, and most people don't even. Well. But that's it. That's, he does. That's it. It's There's just because it's Columbus; they don't show up on right. the national radar. No, they just they just sweep Tampa and go into the next round, no matter what. But anyway, <laughs> um, so with that series, I I just Toronto. If they, it's make or break for Toronto, no matter what, I feel. And when you get rid of literally one of the best coaches in the game and need to try to switch things up, and you bring your AHL affiliate coach to come in and and kind of turn things around, that's a scary situation, which means if they can't turn the corner, that's going to be some weird, interesting rebuild or rehash or something uh, to get that team to be competitive properly. Although they can win games, but they can't win when it counts, in my opinion. Go to back to Nashville real quick. Um, yeah, Nashville just kind of fell off the wagon a little bit, and I'm going to blame one player for this, and he's to blame for every team he has been on, and that is Matthew Shane. Matt Duchesne is a locker cancer or some sort of cancer to any team. The Avs were good. Matt Duchesne shows up. The Avs have a fall over. The Ottawa Senators have been to a Stanley Cup final in somewhat recent 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, 2007 against the Anaheim Ducks, and were decent for years to come. And even uh, Guy Boucher coached a unknown Ottawa Senators team the Eastern Conference Finals with one good player and an Anderson, their goalie. Then Duchesne shows up. Boo! Down they go. And they are literally one of the worst teams in the NHL. And Nashville is a interesting situation. 
Uh, well coached. I love everything about them. I missed the. I can't believe they fire Laviolette. I think that was a little messed up, but I do that like was a the. Terrible move. I yeah. think that was a terrible move, and I like I like who they put in there, but he's not the right guy. Um, in my opinion, uh, when you can't coach the, uh, an awesome Blues team to a playoffs, that's a problem. But yeah, you get Nashville anyway. Um, I think Arizona can actually beat this team in the first round. I really do. Um, yep. They have Taylor Hall, which has now had some time to build himself around Phil Kessel, which I still cannot believe Phil Kessel went there because he's all butt buddies with Rick Tockett, but that's a whole different ball game. Maybe the hot dogs taste better in Arizona. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, but I think Arizona can actually pull off quite the upset against Nashville on that one. And as far as Vancouver goes, they have the easiest, they have the easiest uh, team to play other than Pittsburgh, Montreal. Um, I think uh, Minnesota uh, is another one of those older teams. You have three guys, and yes, I'm including Eric Stahl in that one. They're in their upper 30s, and they really that's, – that's, that's a lot of toll to put on that team for sure. That's actually – I think that is the oldest team in the NHL if I'm, if I'm looking at things correctly here. Um, I think Vancouver can beat that team in four, four out mm-hmm. of five easily. Oh, um, yeah. When you have Brock Besser – and you have JT Miller on that team. Those two guys alone are very scary to deal with. Um, I've only I've known JT Miller since down here in Tampa, and he was a Ranger as well. So I don't know him personally. So keep that in mind. Um, but I've seen those guys. I've seen him play throughout the league, and he's he's a hidden gem um, that not many people pay attention to. And and you got a fighter in Michael Furling who's actually 100% healthy. So you got a grinder. You got a you got a score, and you got a good goal. And you got a good defenseman. And their goaltending is not Peterson too bad either. There. Yeah, Peterson, yeah, is Peterson. Good. yeah. And I mean, now you, got, you have a... Tanner Pearson and Tyler Toffoli, who are ex Kings, yeah. and they're back together, and they're like brothers practically. So their chemistry is also right. on fire too. So maybe right. Vancouver will get their cup this year. That, that's not going to happen. I can tell you that much right now. They have. They're still a little bit. They're they're still a little bit ways to go, in my opinion. <laughs> if there's an intriguing matchup that other than my team, obviously. Uh, that I'm really looking forward to seeing. It's the Islanders and the Panthers. Um, I love the, what the Islanders have done with that organization over the past literally two seasons, really, at this point. And two and amazing, love... legendary coaches coaching both of those teams now. I mean, if and a it's, legendary it's a, that's GM. A, yeah, that's a coaching uh, matchup on the ice right yeah. there. Not necessarily yes. the, so. the players on the ice because they both have very strategic coaching um, Plans. It's the one that's the one series that has a factor that no other series has, and it's speed. Who will be the fastest team out there on the ice? And they're both very known for having their speed skate. And they have um Florida acquired Eric Halla from Carolina, and that's a huge um that's a huge acquisition, I feel. Um he's much like a Vincent Trocek type player. But he actually can sniff out the goals, and he actually gets into the dirty areas a lot more than Trocek did uh, with Florida. So now you got a guy that will actually bury his hand head in the sand for those goals, uh, and will get a few black eyes for it too. He won't care. Um, so that's that's a big piece that does help out. Um, goaltending is a little meh. They got, I mean, Bobrovsky's an excellent goal. Let's face it, he's an, an awesome goalie. But I've yet to really see him truly shine in the in his format. So. If the weather down in South Florida helps his bones out a little bit and can actually get him going, let's hope that's actually the case. Yes, absolutely. So um, I think I, I could see Florida really making something happen with this one. I still think it's an Islanders series to take. Um, but that's my that's the most intriguing matchup I'm thinking about right now with this whole thing. 
I think we've like covered all of it. And we always ask our guests uh, these last two questions. So uh, tell us who is your favorite hockey hunk? Oh man, man, you're really gonna put me in that spotlight. Men, oh. all the men have to, men have answered it. We've had men and women on the, on, so there's yeah. no shame in that. Really gonna go there with me on that one, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, because I'm a goalie guy, today's NHL, I'm going to go with Henrik Lundqvist. Today's NHL. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I will throw a bonus out there um, only because um, I had a sister that was a crush on this guy, and that was Bob Bugner. Um, not a well-known player, mm-hmm. former Kane, obviously, former Panther, former Shark. So she would say – Bob Bugner, I would say Henrik Lundqvist because it's goalie affiliation, but don't uh, no homer on me on that one, everybody. <laughs> what about uh, favorite hockey lady? Ooh, I am going to go old school with you on this one. Um, I was really fond of her in her playing days. Um, I actually met her when I was 18 down here in Florida. She came to a tournament um, right before she um, – she went off to her Olympics again, but Cami Granado is my uh, hockey lady on this one. So, um, Good one. really, yeah, very fond of her. Um, not because of her attributes or anything like that, just because of her skill, uh, what she meant on the on and off the ice, and how she um, she accelerated herself throughout her time. So, uh, really well known ambassador for USA Hockey, and I think um, I, I'm going to go with her absolutely. Tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can find you. I know you have a, a YouTube channel. Give us all the links, and let's. Uh... Let's blast you out. You got it. So uh, my YouTube channel is called the Florida Caniac Network. You can simply just search Florida Caniac and I pop right up. Uh, obviously, we're in the middle of our season two full length season on this one. And usually the season ends right about now with everything going on. Um, but hey, we have more hockey to talk about, which is great. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And they're all the same handle, at Florida Caniac. And yes, it is a trademark item. So I get paid every time somebody wants to talk about it. Yay. If I wanted to go that route, but, um, but yes, it is fully trademarked. So all my follow my, all my feeds are at Florida Caniac. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast talking to you. Uh, I think this is probably one of the only episodes where we've had so far where we've talked in depth hockey. And uh, I think that just kind of shows kind of guy you are kind of content you put out. So if you want more in depth hockey, uh, go follow RJ at the Florida Caniac. Thanks guys for having me. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.